Welcome, everybody. It is exciting once again to have you join us on this episode. We are back again. I am Coach Elaine Robinson Beattie, and I am here with Reverend Dr. Shannon Carafonda, and we are here at Lead Her Talks. Yes, we're going to continue the conversation from what we did last time. We talked about growth mindset. We talked about the five things that help you move from a fixed mindset to growth mindset, overcoming your challenges, overcoming obstacles, using effort as a way to reach your goals, listening for criticism as a way to move forward. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the last one, which is about competition versus empowering people and looking at the success of others. One of the things that Elaine, when we first started talking about this is about this podcast is that we said, you know, sometimes women, they see each other as competition. And so they don't mentor or sponsor or empower others because they feel threatened. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted to do this this podcast, because you and I, being women in leadership for years, have seen Mm -hmm. the grace and the opportunities of women working together, supporting one another, and being able to move up in leadership. Right. Right. And have, you know, all of the opportunities that we need, but there's a way to do that. And that's what we're getting ready to share. But there were things that we wish we knew Mm -hmm. back then. Right. Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. So tell us what is it about the success of others that particularly women, because that's what we're talking about right now, might have missed? Well, you know, a lot of times we use other people's success as an excuse. Mm, Oh, whoa. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, my, my friend can do it. So I don't know that I, I I can do it as good as she does mm-hmm. or, you know, she got that award or she got that promotion or she got that, she got that other church comparison, comparison. Yes. And we, we fail to realize where our strengths and our worth lies. And, and when we do that, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to learn from them. Well, why did they get that award? What did they do differently? How can I either do that or do that in a way that makes sense in my context? Was it the way that she networked? Was it wonderful, radical self-care? Was it a supportive family? Was it something that maybe it's something that I don't have, And so I have to go about it a different way. And Shannon, let me be completely transparent here. I struggle with that. I struggled with that. And at Mm -hmm. times I still struggle with that. 
Oh, so say more. How, how have you how have you overcome the the parts where you have overcome that? Well, because I have to remind myself that I am different. I don't have the same. I I don't have the same story. My story right. is not the same. I don't have the same issues. I don't. I don't have the same story. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm not the same. I might not be the same age. I don't have the same economic situation. I don't have, you know, maybe the same family situation. I mean, my story's not the same. Right. So I cannot have, you know, the same um, outcome. Right. Well, so being the pastor, I look at that from the theological, biblical point of view. God made me uniquely me. And if God made us all the same and we were all cookie cutter, we wouldn't have that personal relationship with God. It wouldn't be personal. It would be the same. Exactly. And the thing that I love most about having that relationship with God is that it's intimate and it is, it is unique and different. And I think the fact that we're not all the same and that we all have different stories shows a broader wider view of who God is. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I know, and I know that part, but for those people who don't know God, right. Like we do. And when I kind of forget, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like Elaine, you know, just being like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, and I'm just comparing myself to Delilah, right? Right. Well, so one of the stories that I like about about the success of others and learning from that is the story of Roger Bannister. He was the first person to break the four-minute mile. And for years and years and years, they thought that no one could run a mile in under four minutes. It just oh. wasn't possible. It was not, we didn't, we just weren't designed that way. There was no way it was going to happen. Um, and then in May of 1954, Roger Bannister ran a sub four minute mile. And then within like six months, there were dozens of people who beat that record. It stood for years and years and years. Once we saw one person who could do it, we knew it could be done. So if we see success in someone else and say, well, it's been done, we're robbing ourselves. It obviously can be done. What did they do? And I think that's what a lot of people did. They looked at him and said, well, we know it can be done. And so the bar was set higher, but it was achievable. So he inspired other people? He inspired other people. Yes. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, it was great. And you'll see you see that in a, in a lot of things that people think, oh, there's no way that humanity can do this. And then we do. And all of a sudden it unlocks innovation or achievement in ways that you could just never imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really uh, appreciate now um and 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 have for years 
succeeding. And, and I have to say that I learned that early on. I played sports and, and fortunately I played on a lot of teams that won and we learned how to win and lose. Well, mm-hmm. I, I had excellent, excellent coaches. Actually I had one coach, the same coach for like eight years. And so, and, and, and I played with women, young ladies um, for several years. We all went to like the same grammar school and high school and we played together. Well, what did you play? I played them everything. I played volleyball, basketball, softball, and track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I, I, whatever season was going on, I was playing. I had to get out of the house. (laughs) You did have a lot of people in that house. It was only three of us, but my mom, if, if I didn't play sports, I had to come home. So I had to get out of the house. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, but no, but it was a way for me, you know, to learn and, and I developed my leadership skills. Right. Oh you know? yeah. Cause I was like, you know, captain team and all that. Right. So that's where I learned my leadership. Well, it's interesting you say that I sat next to the president of the Atlanta dream, which is the WNBA team in Atlanta mm. at a, chamber of commerce event and we got to talking and she was the speaker that day. And she said, the majority of women that are in the C-suite spot in America played collegiate sports somewhere. Absolutely. Because they learned how to be aggressive and assert. Well, they learned how to be assertive and they learned how to be in competition with one another, but in a, in a team atmosphere where they learned how to win, they learned how to lose and they weren't doing it in a way that was aggressive. It was assertive. So they knew when to run things. They knew when to, to, to take charge. Um, and when I heard that, I went, my daughter is playing sports. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I didn't. And it, mm-hmm. I, I mourn that I didn't get that experience because I had, it's just taken me longer to learn how to be more assertive and and how to not how to compete with others in a way where it's not threatening it's we're it's very helpful we're all moving forward toward the same goal it's really helpful it's really helpful and uh, i'll tell you that um you know being in the hospitality industry and and moving up in management and leadership it, it was very helpful for me however i was competitive and it bit me in the butt so to speak. And I, I had to realize, and, and this is where God came into the story. I had to realize when it was time for me to move forward and when it was time for me to stay. Mm. I was so busy trying to move forward and move ahead and get to that general manager's position right? Because I was being competitive. I was, I was competing with the men. Right. 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 You know, and, and I, you know, I was, and I was moving fast and, and, you know, cause I, cause they were on a 10 year track and I wanted to be on a 10 year track. Yeah. And it took me 14 years and I didn't understand that. Like, why is it taking me 14? You know? Uh huh. So, but anyway, that was the story. And that's the story for a lot of women. Bottom line is 
we have to realize that we it'll take as long as it'll take. We have to make sure we have the skills. We have to make sure that we have all the resources we need in order to be successful. I'm going to shift. It is very different in the church, right? Mm-hmm. When we are advancing in the church, of course, we need to have discernment. We need to make sure that we are, our gifts and graces are, are utilized in the right places, right? Right. That we are placed in the church um, that needs us at the right time, right? Right. You know, um, you know, as we were talking, like, do they need a pastor that, you know, can um, um, grow the church in, in discipleship or stewardship? Right. Like what is the need at the time? You know, are, 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 you know, have they been hurt? Is there a great wound Mm. in the church? Right. Like, so we have to look at those things. Like what is the need of the congregation? Yeah. And if you're a church leader and you have a friend down the street, who's a church leader at their church, you're not in competition. You're not in competition. You're the exact opposite of competition. Exactly. If someone goes from your fishbowl to their fishbowl, they're still in the fishbowl. Like they're still doing the same work. Absolutely. Just in Absolutely. a different way. And it, like Absolutely. you said, it's for what makes sense for them right then, right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So I, I I love the fact that when we talk about this growth mindset we and we look at the success of others, we go from being threatened and fearful. And what did you say? What was the first thing you said? Um, oh, that the was comparison so is the, the comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To finding inspiration and really being in, um, in awe, if you would, and wondering like, wow, what was it that they did that I can do? Right. Like, how can I do that too? Right. Like, yeah. It, the And the way that I learned this was obviously not team sports. I've learned this from a couple of different women who are spiritual gift of exhortation. Mm-hmm. They lift others up. They see the good, the wonderful joy, um, excellence, achievement in somebody, and they name it and they speak it and they say, what are you doing here? You need to be here. Like they push you. Um, one of my friends, she's also a coach. Her name is coach Corby. Um, and her husband's a writer. Her husband has a book called everyone needs a Sam. So in the, um, Lord of the Rings, there's Sam who was, you know, the best friend who carries, you know, his friend um, up the mountain to, you know, destroy the ring. And, you know, he says, everybody needs the best friend that will carry you when times are tough and you just can't do it anymore. And I always teased her. I said, you know what? Really, everybody needs a Corby because I really need you. I can walk up the hill, but if I don't have you cheering me on, I'm not taking the first step. Everybody needs a cheerleader. Do you mm-hmm. remember when I was talking about my mentor? Uh, yes. 
she is the biggest cheerleader. And when I feel down, I just call her up and she always says, you can do it. You can do it. I just love her voice. She yes. is the best. I mean, I'll be literally crying, right? About something, whatever. And she's like, you can do it. She is the voice. I mean, and I love my mom, but she she's is not the voice. cheerleader. <laughs> mine's not either i love her but she's not (laughs) i know and she loves me my mom loves me too yeah (laughs) right you know but they're like you know pick up you know know? right (laughs) so but anyway everybody needs a cheerleader so okay so we want to encourage you all who are listening to us today to remember it is okay to be competitive but do not let your comp your competitive spirit take you in the wrong direction. We want you to understand that it is, um, that success is a way to achieve things, right? Right. We want, we want to be achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. We want to be achievement oriented. We want you to be competitive. Competitive is good. Competition right. is good for the world, right? right. We, we get creative in, comp, in, in, comp, in being competitive. Yeah, I, I'm on a pastoral staff. There's three clergy. And um, a couple of senior pastors ago, we had a new senior pastor and uh, one of the other associate on staff, he preached a sermon that was just off the chart good. I mean... <laughs> It was, I'm pretty sure people applauded in the middle of it. Someone might have even stood up. I mean, it was, which is unusual for a white church. I was getting ready to say that happens in a black church all the time. All the time. Yeah, no, it's very unusual in a white church. This was, and we're a very white church. And I mean, he knocked it out of the park. And so the next Sunday, the new senior pastor preached and you could tell he was like making an extra effort. And um, so the associate calls me in his office, or I was talking to him about something, and he said, I kind of feel like he did that in like a competition with me or as a response. And I looked at him and said, and you don't think that the next time I get up there, I'm going to try to compete with that because I want to give it my all. I want to have that fire and that passion the next time I get up there. And uh, he said, okay, I can hear that. Okay. And so from then on, like for the next several months, we just had this great preaching team and uh, just really enjoyed not necessarily trying to one up each other, but just yeah. really trying to push each other see, and encourage each good. other. See that. Yes. See that encourages excellence. That encourages creativity. That encourages fun. Yes. Right. It that was fun. En- yes, yeah. exactly. That's what we're talking about. So I uh, work with a organization, it's called Rise Together Network, and it happens to be a, a group of women of color who are in ministry. And I love it because the, the inspiration around the organization is about support. And again, we look at inspiration, support, and empowerment, and it really encourages women to come together in community, not in a way of competition, 
but more of support. We celebrate success. And so awesome. We want you all to hear that when you are in leadership, to find a community, to find women, to lift you up. To find your cheerleader. Yes, to cheer you on, right? Even if it's just one person, to look at someone who has done something well, find what they did, see it as a point of inspiration, right? And celebrate it, celebrate it. Go to them and say, how did you do that? I want to know. Yeah. I went to the um, Atlanta Black Expo. Oh, my gosh. This past weekend, Uh I was so inspired. Like looking at at all the creative things that they did, these new apps and these fun T-shirts. And it was great. And, you know, as a business coach, right? Right. I'm looking at all these great little new businesses and stuff. I'm like, good for you. And I'm good. You know, I'm a business guy. I'm like, good for you. Good for you. Good for you. You know, I was, yeah. just, I was just walking. To, I didn't have anything to do with any of them, but I was just cheering them on. I'm like, I hope you make a lot of money. You know, great idea. You know, I was right. Just, I, I, that's well, so do. that's interesting. You said that, and I know we got to wrap up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know what I've heard is that the pandemic is really pushing America into more of a hospitality-led industry, uh, where services are what we provide, things that we do, and I think that if we're not cheering each other on, we're really missing the point of that. And it'll probably hold us back even more. We have to. We absolutely have to do that. So I would say that when we think about mindset, and I'm going to end with this, and, and, and again, you know, I would like for you to have the last words, but what I'm hearing and what I'm taking away, and again, growth mindset, that as leaders, we have an opportunity to inspire our staff, to inspire the cultures that we're responsible for, to be uh, ones that cheer people on, that coach people Mm -hmm. uh, into success as they see it, right? So coaching cultures, success-oriented cultures, achievement-oriented cultures, right? Creative cultures, Mm. right? Innovative. Mm -hmm. Innovative cultures, right? Right. Yeah. That's a good word. So we're going to... This is, this is the end of this conversation, but we'll continue with a lot of this. There are ways that you can create a growth mindset culture. There are uh, topics that we want to cover, like personality traits and knowing who you are. We want to talk about harassment in the workplace. Uh, we want to talk about the divisiveness that seems to have gone from political divisiveness racial divisiveness, cultural divisiveness. Now it is in the workplace. And what do we do about it? Those are some future topics. Feel free to email us, go to our websites. I'll put everything in the show notes that you can find them there, but feel free to contact us and say, Hey, 
I have this story. You should talk about this. We would love to hear from you. I'm Reverend Dr. Shannon Carafonda. We've got Coach Elaine Beatty here, and we are so thrilled to have you. We will see you next time. Bye.